Abide in me, and I in you. He who abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bear much, much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. From the words of Jesus Christ, in the name of the living God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, here we are, getting closer to the end of May, and so people are rightly thinking about Memorial Day plans and the end of school madness and or summer activities. And it was just a couple weeks ago, five weeks ago, that we had the great Easter Sunday celebration. And for a lot of people, it's already a distant memory. But not so for us. Not so for the Christian church. It's true that every Sunday is something like a little Easter because every Sunday we gather here to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But it's also true that Easter is not just one day, but a season. Jesus resurrected from the dead on Easter Sunday, and then he stayed around for 40 days. The Easter season is that 40-day celebration of the victory of life over death. Here at CTR, we've been exploring a sermon series titled, Why Easter and What's Next? And knowing that Easter, for for many people, is something like Memorial Day. It's a one-day event, and then you just move on. We here want to show that this season has lasting significance. The past couple weeks, we've seen how the resurrection of Jesus Christ, in the resurrection of Jesus, we receive a new identity. We become member of God's eternal family, and we are called to individually. We are given assurance with certainty, and today we discuss living missionally. Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. I want to thank Father Chris for an excellent sermon last week. In case you missed it or can't remember it, Father Chris gave a very strong message about the assurance we have in Jesus, about the assurance we have in what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do. I'd certainly recommend listening again from our website or even sending the link to someone who needs to know that God is for us. Father Chris even challenged us to complete an assignment this week. He asked us to to read and to reflect and to document the promises God has given us. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask for a raise, raise of hands to see who completed that assignment. But if you're squirming in your seat right now, that's probably not a good sign, right? One of the things I took away from Father Chris's sermon last week is that all of us, People in general have been hurt. We've been hurt by our parents and our families. We've been hurt by our friends and our loved ones. And tragically, we've been hurt by the church. May God forgive us that. And he talked about a couple responses we can have to that hurt. And, and the two he mentioned were the classic fight or flight options. When we feel hurt by God or hurt by the church, we can be angry and we can fight with words or our actions. When we feel God or the church has hurt us, we can certainly just walk away. And these are the natural ways of dealing with hurt and pain. But quite, quite frankly, we are not called to be natural. 
the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us the grace and the power to rise above our natural and fallen selves and become supernatural. There is nothing natural about a man rising from the dead. It is supernatural, and his resurrection can be and will be ours as well. So in our, in our natural state, when it comes to hurt and pain, we will fight or we will flight. But there is a supernatural option to abide, to stay, to continue to persevere. A missional Christian, a missional life means staying with Jesus, abiding in Christ as he abides in us. The beginning of John's gospel says this, the word became flesh. That's Jesus. God himself in the flesh. The word became flesh and he made his dwelling, made his abode with us. And 14 chapters later in John, the word of God, Jesus says this, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home, make our abode with him. And then one chapter later in today's reading, Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. Jesus wants to live in us. He wants us to live in him. That has been his mission since the very beginning. You know, there's this really powerful scene in the sixth chapter of John. Jesus is actually speaking to a large group of people, not just his chosen 12 disciples, but he's speaking to a large crowd and he's teaching about the Eucharist. He's saying that his flesh and his blood give life and the people hear it and they walk away. They say, this is too hard. These, these miracles Jesus has done, awesome. Some of these teachings, yeah, I like that, but this, can't buy it. And so scripture tells us, many turned back and no longer followed him. That's the classic flight response. In this scene, Jesus then looks at his 12 disciples and he, and he says, are you going to leave too? And the reply from Peter was, Lord, to whom shall we go? Where else could we possibly go? No, we choose to stay. We choose to abide. That's a missional response, to stay with Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus gives us a new identity, gives us a new eternal family, and we are called to abide, to remain in that. At the same time, while we abide in Christ and his church, we are called to go. We are given a mission of going. The end of Matthew's gospel and how we end our worship here at CTR is missional. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go then and make disciples, baptize, teach them to obey, and I am with you always. That's the mission of the church, to go, make disciples, baptize, and teach. The really great thing about that command, Jesus says, of, of go, is that it's an ongoing practice. To put more, more overtly, Jesus says, as you go, as you continue to go, 
We are called to remain in the body of Christ. And as we remain, as we go on our daily lives, we are sent to witness to him. I don't mean necessarily standing on a street corner with a Bible in one hand and John 3.16 sign in the other, but I don't want to limit God if he is calling you to that. But I think more likely and perhaps more genuinely, we are sent to be Christ to someone else. We are sent to be Christ to someone else. And and I'd wager that most days we actually have that opportunity. Most days, someone we know, someone we know well or only a little bit is having a rough go. They're, They're having a bad day. They're struggling in some form or fashion. Are we courageous enough to speak freedom there, to speak peace, to speak life, to speak the name of Jesus in that situation? Are we bold enough to say, I'm sorry, we all have pain and hurt and and I'm no different and I may not have all the answers, but Jesus can heal. Jesus can give you peace and he wants that for you. A couple years ago, a priest friend of mine was at Starbucks. He was was wearing his black. So uh, a guy saw that and came up and they started having a conversation. The guy said he was a missionary. So my friend started saying, oh, that, that's great. Where are you serving? What's your sending agency? You know, the, the church talk, the weird talk, right? Come to find out that the guy owned a bookstore in town. He had lived in Keller most his life. He had a business that gave him income and paid the bills. But what he truly saw himself as was a missionary. He had a day job, but his vocation was to witness to bear Christ to the world around him. That's absolutely phenomenal and couldn't be more right. We are called to be witness. We are called to be missionaries as we go on our daily lives. And I know that even in this room, we have doctors and lawyers and businessmen and women. We have stay-at-home moms, teachers, and, and all kinds of various professions. But what we all have in common is that we are missionaries too. If we are to think of witnessing as being missionaries, as something at like living our lives as an ad- advertisement for God, the hard question would be, are we portraying Jesus in a positive way? When I finish the sermon, and I promise I'm getting there, God is going to adopt a new son. We are going to receive a new brother in Christ. Young Elliot Carty is going to receive the Holy Spirit and be given a new identity, a new family, and he's going to be a missionary. Surprise, surprise. His mission is to abide in Jesus and to witness to him. So Dan and Catherine, you have the awesome privilege of being the main evangelists and teachers for both Jack and Elliot. What they learn about God comes from how you treat him and what you say about him. Perhaps that's encouraging and terrifying at the same time. I know what it is for me with my son. And as a dad myself, I know there's no excuse for me not to pray for my son daily and to teach him the Lord's Prayer the Ten Commandments, the creeds, just to love and follow Jesus. And the same is for y'all. 
there's really no excuse to not pray for Jack and Elliot daily, to teach them the Lord's Prayer, the Ten Commandments, the Creed, and to love and follow Jesus. For all of us baptized in Christ, I want to say congratulations that we are going to have a new brother. By our baptism, we share a new identity, a new family, and we all have a constant mission of abiding with Christ and witnessing to him. May we all, like the first apostles of Jesus, daily live with Christ and be ready and willing to witness for him. All for the glory of God, now and forever. Amen.